Hello, and welcome to Agent to Agent Podcast. This is episode number three. My name is Johnny, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, who just by slim chance of the universe happens to be my lovely wife as well. Wow, I don't know what to say to that. Hi, baby. Hi, baby. How are you? That music, did you like that? <laughs> yeah, where'd you get that? That's like that's like everything I've ever dreamed of. Like, I just wanted to skip to school. <laughs> I just want to... That was like sunshine all over my damn self. It was sunshine. That's a pretty nice word yeah, for I it. Just, I just felt like nobody's getting in my way today. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to back up the Cadillac and get on my way and go get out there. So today, as promised, we are going to dive into our dealings with Mr. Big. Yeah, the Bigs. The Both Bigs. Mr. And Mr. and Mrs. Big. Big. And, you know, I'd already met Mrs. Big. I'd already met Mr. Big. I said they have a million kids. And they're scattered, you know, at this point, because um, they're just, she's just great. And he's great. And today, the title of our show is Do or Die. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of implications on on what that really means. And Jenny, do you want to extrapolate on what, what that, why, why we titled this episode Do or Die? Yeah, because uh, we're at a point where we've had this amazing opportunity to be selected as their real estate agent to go find a $4 million home, uh, which is a fantastic budget. It's higher than the market. It's a little bit better than what the average realtor was doing in town. Although the real estate, you know, in Laguna Beach is terribly expensive. A 4 million buyer is not the average buyer in Laguna. Um, And so, you know, you have this client who's selected because you've hustled and gotten into their. Kind of got under his skin, maybe a little bit, you know, I got into his breast pocket. Yeah, I think that's a really great way of saying it. He put me in his breast pocket, you know. Yeah. And so you understood that, you know, this wasn't just something that was a run of the mill. This is not your average occurrence of having a buyer and showing them at home and, and getting them to buy a piece of property. This was a special buyer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this was a significant buyer. Big dude. He's Mr. Big. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like when you're fishing for black Marlin, which is a rarity I'll probably will never enjoy. And it's one thing to hook a black Marlin. It's another thing to get that damn fish onto the boat. Good luck. Yeah. Right. Before he snaps the line and swims off with your very expensive, Tackle. Yeah, I feel a little bad, you know, comparing them to a marlin. Um, but it is a great analogy because you have caught this fish. Huge. You're, you're fishing uh, for it. And, you know, when you have the opportunity to do this kind of business, you have to motivate yourself and remind yourself, you know, constantly that if this doesn't pan out, you know, it's something that you're going to be sore about for a long time. And I think that that's kind of why it's do or die is because this isn't, oh, it's not flippant. You know, you're not like casual about it. You know, you understand that this is a big fish. You understand that this is a a marlin, you know, that you're going to get that awesome picture of the, you know, the fish on the dock being held up. Oh, yeah. Right. By the scales. It's it's one and a half times (laughs) your human size. And, it's you got know, all the numbers. It's your, and you know, if you're a fisherman, is that not like your happiest day? Oh, yeah. Now you're going, you're going on the board and people are going to be like, shit, those people sold that house. It, yeah. Nobody catches a, a big black marlin and then goes, um, no, don't take my picture. I mean, right. I mean, that doesn't happen. <laughs> no, and, no. and, you know, it's so, and, and I do, I feel bad about kind of 
putting him and them into like a, an animal form. Yeah. But the reality is, I mean, just so everybody understands, it, it really is a big deal. It's a big deal. And it's it's <clears throat> an exciting deal. It, it's a, a great... Um, it, it's a trophy. It's a trophy. God, I hate now, to say that, but now, it really is. Now. We last left where Mr. Big had run into you uh, on the beach. You were bleeding from playing around <laughs> at the blowhole. Taking a bluebird day. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I so I run home, cross coast highway, up the hill, down the alley, get on the phone. I go, Jenny, you need to get your ass over here right now because yeah. we got to get on the MLS and do a search. And let me be real honest with you people. To be fair to all you, I did not know how to get on the MLS. It's such a guy thing to say, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't freaking care. You could judge me. Like, oh, that's so simple, dude. All you got to do. Yeah. I mean, later on, I got really good at it because I learned how to glean data. I'm Jenny will tell you, I'm really good with um, numbers and memorizing things. You tell me what year the house was built. What year the last people bought it? What was the last year it was sold? What they paid for it? How many square foot? How many bedrooms? I will never forget that number. Um, we get on the MLS and we're searching for a $4 million house. Now, the thing you got to realize, people, is I don't know anything about Mr. Big. I don't know how big his car collection is. I don't know if he collects vintage motorcycles. I know nothing about this dude's needs from garage up. Mm-hmm. Well, we did know what the bedroom count was. We knew what the bedroom count was because of why? Uh, well, they had four children. Four children. Um, and a maid, a, a living <laughs> maid. Yeah, so it's the two of them. It's four kids. It, it's actually three children and a baby. Yeah. Um, and the maid. Yeah. And uh, so we understood not only what the bedroom count was, but kind of the layout was. Uh, we understood that they needed a... A room near the master so the baby could be, you know, put there uh, in close proximity to uh, Mrs. Big. And that the two boys were going to share a room. Yep, that, was, that was an easy there one. There was going to have to be a room for the girl. And somewhere, n- not near the parents, probably near the kids, was going to be the maid. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of understood how they were going to live in the house. And that helped because we were able to go and look at houses on the MLS and be like, oh, all three bedrooms are, you know, right upstairs next to the master. That's not going to work, no. you know, and whatever. So we were able to kind of figure there out what There was a lot of things. that. Yeah. So you're like, well, the housekeeper is not going to be like right next to, you know, the master and the mistress and yeah. the master and the, you know, and his queen. No, God, yeah. no. I actually was thinking about the Brady Bunch um, while we were looking on yeah. the MLS. I go, yeah. F yes. The Brady Bunch. <laughs> that's the house. If there can be a bedroom that's off the kitchen. Next to the laundry Next room. to the laundry. God, that would be perfect. But I think they kind of stopped making with, some of that. With the carport right there. So she, when she went shopping and flirted with Sam, she could bring in the groceries I, and put the shit away and go to her room and, you know, turn on the black and white. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. And that is the damn setup we're looking for. And mm. it was viciously hard to find. Well, it was hard to find in a beach town for sure. Yeah. And so the first home we, um, the first home we showed them was kind of crazy because it, it fit a lot of that, you know, on paper. And then we go to see it and it's overlooking Aliso beach. You know, you can see the sand. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to have a, uh, a ocean view. It's another thing to see the sand. Well, I don't think it's seeing the sand. That's so rad. 
it's seeing the waves crash. On the, the waves sand. crashing, and and that's very rare in a lot of um, towns with beach views and all that. Like, yeah, you get the horizon view, and, and you get to watch the sunset, and, yeah. and see the sailboats, and I mean that's all very beautiful. Right. But when you're actually looking up the coastline. Uh, that's a whole other story. That's a, that, whole, that's nother a whole, story. whole other level of expense. Yeah. So we take him to this house, and of course it's raining. <laughs> it's a summer rain day, and it's it's raining, and it has this gnarly steep driveway mm-hmm. that was like hell to the no. Am I driving down there, or God forbid, you got to back down this thing? Mm-hmm. And then you get to this home, and it's one of those homes where I'm going to picture like. The producer of the mamas and the papas, you know, <laughs> built this home or John Denver's recording engineer built this home and raised this little beach family there. And, um, every room had like, you know, I have this dear friend and he's a sickening good woodworker and he will appreciate this because he'll be listening. It looked like every room they used a different Daniel to do far out woodworking in this house. And it was so bad. Now the joinery and the craftsmanship was awesome but just so weird like they were like um what and we were just like you know each room had their own jacuzzi with a deck and like oh god it was so bad so um ixnay to the hellier on that house (laughs) we got the heck you know what we had said you know in episode two how many chances are they going to give you oh man to find a, a, a good piece of property. It doesn't have to be the one, but it has to be something that they're going to continue to be excited about. How long can you keep that Marlin yeah, on the line? Because you want to be like, oh, is it going to be between house A, B, or C? Not like, oh, really? Like, what's the lesser of you know the two evils here? Yeah. So, so and, we and we wanted to make sure we kept them excited and and interested in the idea of buying a house in Laguna. And, and definitely interested in the idea of letting us be their realtor. Yep. And, and here we go. House number one is honestly, it was a horrific decision. And, and it really speaks to how important it is to preview a piece of property. Because I think if we had really seen that house first. We wouldn't have taken them there. We wouldn't have shown. But what was challenging and, and what became a challenge that we weren't even, you know, comprehending at the time was you could not just pick up the phone and call a realtor and say, oh, I see you have this house on the MLS. I'd like to show it to my client. I'll be there over, you know, at two o'clock today, let myself in with the lockbox. Like, that did not exist. No, they were just so... These houses did not have lockboxes. Nope. Um, And they surely weren't going to just say, oh, it's fine. You can go over there whenever. Because what they wanted to know was okay not only who is your client but can you send over their you know bank like statements their financials yeah and, and and the qualifications that you had to put up front just to get access to these properties we were not prepared for that we really felt like people were going to be oh my god you have a buyer for my house yes of course you can come anytime and and, and people were like no i don't know who you are you're johnny and, and jenny who you yeah. know, like what rock did we crawl out from underneath? So we leave this house and Jenny, you know, she had put together a nice little list and we head south to this brand new house that was pretty bitching. It had a movie theater. It had a six car garage. It had a lot of stuff that honestly, it backed up against a hill, a preserve. There was no neighbors above you. Um, you could see the sand. You could see the water and they dug the house. 
And one of the things I quickly learned about Mr. Big, he would go out to the farthest point on the property, like uh, like he was on the Titanic, and he would look out, <laughs> and then and then he would hands on his hips, he would turn around and look back. And now that I know him, I know what he was doing. He was like, okay, I'm gonna be bar, I'm gonna be grilling Kobe steaks over there. We're gonna be pouring, you know, champagne, bubbly Chardonnay, and killer Cabernet over here. We're gonna be doing. I, I get him now. I didn't know him at the time. Yeah, remember he, this? Yeah, he definitely was master of the domain. Yeah, and and he wanted to f- see how it felt to be on the furthest corner of his property line. Yeah, and it was. He liked that house. Mm-hmm. He he put it on his. Uh, Short list, as they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we really did kind of recover um, a little credibility by showing them that house. Uh, it was such a, I mean, really on the drive down there, I'm thinking if this ends up being another cold water canyon, you know, copy, uh, we're going to be in big trouble. And yeah. it was, it was the exact opposite. Exact opposite. Yeah. And now that ended the tour that day. Mm-hmm. And we agreed to. Because Mr. Big was going to be down there for a few days before he had to go back off and um, literally run the world. And so <laughs> the next day we took him to a house way up the hill, which everybody lives up the hill in Laguna. Everybody lives up the hill in Maui. And I don't like living up the hill personally. It just bugs me that, sure, you get the killer view and the killer sunset. But, man, you are so far from the beach. And it's a beach town, Laguna Beach. They're going to go to the beach, trust me. They rented a house on the beach for a f- damn reason, right? And so we took them way up the hill. It's called Top of the World. That's where the, there's only two elementary schools in Laguna Beach, people. And one is Top of the World. The other is El Moro. Oh, and that was a consideration, too. The schools. Um, where we talked about we understood how many bedrooms they needed in the basic layout of the house. Um, they did have school-age children. Yeah. Um, and, and so being... It, somewhat in a proximity to one of the two schools was important. So yeah. we did know that. And I think that actually was some of the negative, if there was any negative at all on the South Laguna house, was that it wasn't near one of those schools. And now the house up the hill that we were about to show them was really close to the elementary school. Mm-hmm. It literally was around the corner. They probably, it literally was around they, the corner. It was around the corner. They could have walked the kids to school in the morning. And it was a brand new build, brand new house. Mr. Big liked the house, walked straight out to the edge of the property, mm-hmm. <laughs> hands on his hips, looked out, turned around, took it all in, loved the house. There was one problem and there was a bedroom count issue. Mm-hmm. It was one short. So we scratched that one and... It was a painful scratch off though. It was we, a, we, we really tried to figure out how to make that, that a, work. That was a bitch in house. Mm-hmm. I, I really, and it was kind of down a little private uh, easement where only two houses shared this little private easement. And mm-hmm. then it would, it, you know, I don't know who ended up buying the house. It was a groovy house. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the third house we've shown them. And it was under budget. Yeah. Um, so it's the third house that we've shown them. And so we're basically one bad, two good. And, you know, we're feeling a little better about our, you know, uh, how they're perceiving us, how we're doing. I mean, we're feeling pretty good that we're, we're on the right track. Yeah. So then we decide we can take you to this home up in Newport. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about Newport? No, I, we know nothing about Newport. Oh, okay. Well, I'm kind of from that area. So let's head up there. That was almost a fatal mistake, wasn't uh, it? It was. It, we literally... 
I think yeah, just I could feel the line. I could feel the line stretching and breaking on this one. It really was a really bad mistake on our part. So we we make an appointment to see this house up in Newport. And the agent was a mother effort to deal with. He just had all kinds of attitude. So we're standing there waiting for this agent who was late. He was really late. Right. So we're there with the bigs. We're, and we're standing out. Waiting outside. And all of a sudden he looks at me like the seventh plane in a row is flying over. He goes, when does that stop? I said, it's at 10 p.m. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God. He's looking at me. He looks, uh, at, yeah. looks at Mrs. Big and they both. And I go, no, 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 no. Don't look at her. Don't make eye contact. <laughs> so um, the agent pulls up in his Range Rover, jumps out. He has two kids with him. <laughs> And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm late. And he's making all apologies. And I had to bring the kids with me. I'm like, oh, my God, dude, you've got to be kidding. And Mr. Yeah. Big just looks at me. He goes, I think he even said this is going to be interesting. And we go in the house. The house was cool. The house was great. He did his thing. He walked out to the to the bow of the ship. He looked, hands on his hips, turned around. He looked at me. He goes, that coast highway is really loud. I go, yeah, it quiets down around midnight. So he says, we're out of here. And we get in our cars and we part ways. And I make an appointment for to see the other house, which I think I've already made the appointment. And we can't show him the other house for a couple days because the agent was number one, super hard to deal with. He's BMOC, remember? Or he we come, we're going to call him BMOC, and BMOC is going to run the show no matter what, even though I'm the selling agent. And we finally get into. It's the day to show the house, and I had to reassure Mr. Big that I really think, sir, this is the house. This is the one, and it's not like we were saving it for last. It was just virtually impossible to get into. We show up. BMOC unlocks the door. He starts to come inside with us, and I turn around and say, hey, can we have some privacy so I can show my client's house? He says, no. I said, what do you mean? No. He says, no, I'm not leaving you guys alone in this house. I said, okay. We go upstairs and he plops himself on the couch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He sat there while we went through the house. And I do remember that you had said to him, you know, Hey, as a courtesy to my client, can we have the house um, to ourselves? Can you, can you go outside or something? He straight up told you no. And it was embarrassing because then like Mr. Big is looking at you like, why is this guy here? And you're just like, I have no idea. He's just being rude. And it was a power play. I mean, that was really him trying to set this tone with you that he was going to play, you know, call the shots. And yeah, he sat there on their, on that living room couch while we toured that house. On his Blackberry. Yeah. On his Blackberry curve. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, we know now that they wanted to double in that deal. They wanted to bring their own buyer and they wanted to snag it coming and going. And if I could tell a little story, um, I look at big man on campus, BMOC, he was a lion and there was a pack of lions that were flanking him. And I was simply a wildebeest that had made my way across the plains. If I could tell a little story when my daughters were little, um, we had limited cable. We just didn't want to be like these cable TV people. And we just wanted to raise our daughters kind of like free of all the commercial stuff. 
So one night I said to the girls, Hey, you know, there's a, there's a nature show coming on and it's like animals of Africa. And they're like, yay, daddy, let's watch this. And my daughters are super close in age. You know, they're, they're like a year and a half apart. So get my little, my little chickies on the couch with me and, uh, we're going to watch the show and it's, it's the Serengeti. And as far as you can see, there's just this brown ribbon from this helicopter shot of wildebeest going across the plain. And they're on the way to the river to finally get, they're searching for water. And this herd is huge. And, and in the herd are antelopes and, you know, along with the wildebeest and they, you know, I said, yay girls, the wildebeest, you know, are going to get to the water. And, and along the way they're showing little baby antelopes and little baby wildebeest. And my daughters are so excited. Yay. The little, the little animals are going to, you know, the babies are going to get to the river and drink and sure as shit, they get to the river and the herd just skids to a stop and they're up on the embankment. And it's just about, you know, 10 feet up a little slope. And in that water are the crocodiles mm. and they got to get, a, they got to get across this river. And it's not the widest river, but they got to get across it because on the other side are the green pastures. And uh, so the crocodiles are just waiting and waiting. And sure enough, you know. Well, are they crocodiles in the water or are they alligators? Oh, babe, that's easy to tell. How? Well, an alligator you're going to see later. A crocodile you're going to see in a while. (laughs) I had that coming. (laughs) Yeah, you did. Because you're interrupting my flow and my jam. Anyways, I love you for it. So one by one, the wildebeest start, you know, they, they, they step into the water and bam, they get snagged up by the ankles from the crocodiles. Another 10 go in and only three get snagged up by the crocodiles, by the ankles. Hence the word ankle biters. And then pretty soon the herd just overruns the crocodiles and they get up on the bankment. And, you know, during this, my daughters are like, Daddy, turn it off, turn it off. Oh, yeah, my that God. could be traumatizing. I go, I go, hey, girls, just wait. Just wait. Because on the other side are the lions. Like, I don't want to watch the lions eat. I go, but the lions have baby kitties. Kitten lions. You like kitten lions? Yeah, we do. I'm like, well, the kitties are hungry. And how ugly is that wildebeest? I'm like, ugly? I go, good. Who do you want to win? The little baby lions are the ugly wildebeest. And they're like, the baby lions. So <laughs> so we don't put we don't push pause. We we keep the show going. And the whole herd comes across. And pretty soon, man, they're getting taken down by the pride. And they're getting snagged up by these lions. And but the majority of that herd busts through and gets onto the greener pastures. Yeah. You know? And the, the, what I like about that story is, you know, here we are. I'm just a wildebeest. The only defense I have is kick, scratch, claw, headbutt. Uh-huh. And I'm going to use all of those now because I'm up against BMOC now, who is basically akin to a lion. And I'm just a wildebeest. But I'm going to kick, scratch, and claw that dude. Mm-hmm. Because now I know he's not... He's not cool. Yeah. So, you know, when you're a realtor trying to find your client the perfect piece of property. That's all we're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, we're so innocent about going through, you know, our business. We have no intentions. There's no, you know, other agenda. And then next thing you know, you're up against a fellow realtor who is sitting on the couch during, you know, the showing, you've asked for your privacy. He's completely denied you. You wanted to see the house two days ago. He wouldn't let you in. 
And so now you know, you, you understand at this point in time that BMOC is going to be one of your biggest obstacles. Yeah, he's 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 beyond ankle biter. He is one of the lions. Yeah. And now I'm um I'm fighting him. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, like we said in the first episode, don't fight the buyer agent that bring who's actually gonna be the selling agent. Right. Get along. It so, was gloves off. It was gloves off, man. And so it was gloves off for us. And so we we left the showing. And uh, how did they like the house? Well, here it comes. We get a you know, we we get a text about two hours later and he says, I'm gonna make an offer on the house. Mm-hmm. And we go, bitchin'. I'm really pumped for you. Yeah. And that house had been sitting there for 22 months 22, on the market. 22 months. Which was even more reason for us to scratch our heads and wonder why was BMOC being so difficult. Yeah. And at that point, we're like, F you and the horse you rode in on. Lo and behold, Jenny decides, let's go down to the city counter and let's pull the file on that property. And we pulled the file on that property. And it was red tagged, mm-hmm. which means, which means that there was some construction work done there post build out and the house was red tagged and didn't tell us this. Okay. I, and they fully <laughs> well knew this. I love this story. Oh, that's a great story. That's <laughs> a great story. Okay. So what happens is the, uh, builder, uh, he is really proud of this new home. He didn't just build that home, but he actually built another home right next door. So this builder had built two homes. Completely different styles, which yeah, which kind of same floor plan. Which honestly broke the bank. It same floor plan. Don't but do that. Completely different facades. Yep. Um and so one was very contemporary and the other one was a very Santa Barbara kind of style yes. you know house. And so uh he was very proud that he had got this project completed and so he had invited um, the uh, LA the, times. Yeah. He, he had invited the LA times down to showcase the house to be featured as house of the week. Yeah, exactly. House of the week. It's a kind of a, a big deal. Right. Yeah. And so they do this whole, uh, segment on this house and this builder and the two homes and it's, you know, got pictures and there's a lot of detail and it's a big spread in the LA times. So whatever, that's fine. But what happened is that the inspector, for the city of Laguna Beach was reading the LA Times and saw this segment and <laughs> having their coffee <laughs> in the morning was like, oh, hell no, that house doesn't have a movie theater in it. I'm, I inspected but, yeah, that house. No, no, that, that, <laughs> that was not part of the She's plans. like, what movie theater? <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, they went and uh, knocked on the door and, you know, basically found out that they had... Uh, gone behind the city's back and after construction after they were had their final checkoff yeah uh-huh and had put in this uh, movie theater and and what had happened is the reason why it was a red tag was because there was only so much height that was allowed in the city square, from, square foot too uh, of usable space well yeah that is true but it was really the height thing that the the main living floor of the home this, the roof couldn't be so many feet above that. And so when they had put this um, movie theater in, it had changed where the the starting point was yeah. for the height. And yep. so now they were had a height restriction. And you can imagine in a, a 
coastal city that you're not allowed to obstruct, you know, somebody else's view. And so they're very uh, cautious of, 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 that was like a, a very strict rule. Yeah. And so, yeah, so they came and they red tagged and BMOC and the liar, they didn't tell us any of this mm-hmm. and they were happy to go into escrow mm-hmm. unethical mm-hmm. and close an escrow super unethical and be on their happy little way. Right. And we went to the counter out of the blue because I always told Jenny, you know, let's just go to the counter. I, I love going to the counter and pulling the file. It's public knowledge. And there it was in big letters, red tagged. Right. Okay. So I think what happened is, um, he, BMOC had really self-identified as a lion. He, you know, he wore that, he wore that identity really well. He, he was proud of it. Oh yeah. You know, that that was his calling card is that he was just, he's just a difficult person to work with, yep. you know? Um, and, and, and so what happened is that he had really identified as this, you know, opposition to us. And, and we were just friendly, happy people who were just so like, just excited about having a buyer who was buying this amazing, beautiful home. And when he turned out to be incredibly cantankerous with us, cantankerous, we were just like, you know, okay. Like I said earlier, gloves are off. And, and what we had at our disposable for some sort of like, you know, ammunition was to go to the counter and, and really dive deep into this home. And, and that's what drove us to go to the counter was we're like, this guy is such a jerk. Like we need to have something that we can use against him. We had zero leverage. You know, he was maximizing his leverage every minute of that transaction. And we knew that we needed to have leverage. We yeah. needed to have something to be able to go to the table with to say, your shit ain't that great. And so we went to the counter. We were kind of hoping to find something on the house. We had no idea that we were going to find out that it was red tag. Now, can I interject? Yes. Now, this is two brand new agents. Mm-hmm. This is our, I'm sorry, Mr. Big. I really apologize. I've never told you this face to face. This was our very first transaction mm-hmm. to now start going. Your NLP reeks, which we talked about in the... Mm-hmm. Second episode or mm-hmm. first? The second. In the second episode, your NLP reeks. You're being super hard headed, and I can't figure out why. Mm-hmm. And we make we get it all written up, and we go to the guy, and we literally, Mister Big said, "This is a one time offer. Mm-hmm. No, that's right." He said, "No counters, mm-hmm. no BS." Mm-hmm. But I mean, he was transparent. You know, he he it was great because he was like, like honestly, this is as much money as. I want to pay. Yeah. And, and it wasn't like, oh, go in there and, you know, let's play a game with this guy. I mean, when I was in restaurant management, I used to do this with people when I would hire them and it would become time to, you know, offer them job and their entire package, including, you know, their salary and benefits and everything. And, and I would just tell somebody up front, you know, look, I'm not going to negotiate your salary. I'm going to give you a number that is honestly the best number that I can give. And, you know, people appreciated that, that there wasn't like, am I being played here? Right. Am I going to walk away from this thinking, oh, I got the worst end of the deal. Right. And and I understood when the bigs played that card that way. We say, hey, look, I'm just going to be upfront 
and transparent. And I'm going to tell you, this is the money that I'm going to pay for this house. And it was really now a lot of pressure on us to make that number work because we weren't going to go back and say, oh, no, they just want another you know quarter of a million dollars more. Yeah. Like, that just wasn't going to happen. No. We write up the offer and we call BMOC and we say, hey, we're going to make an offer. And he goes, fine, you know, just fax it on over. I said, no, dude, mm-hmm. we want to come to your office mm-hmm. and we want to sit across the table from you and slide that offer across to you. Mm-hmm and have a little discussion mm-hmm. and we got there and uh bmoc and the liar they sat across this table from us in this little fancy office they had and you know what really pissed me off about that is that we had to go to their home court oh yeah it, you know i mean it just it, it was really like if you're playing this game with the other side and you know they're really trying to outmaneuver you every step of the transaction and and then you're like look i have an offer on your home it's been sitting there for 22 months it's red tagged they don't know that we know that it's red tagged they're gonna find out they're gonna find out yeah but you know and and they're (laughs) acting like they're like in this position of power and and the reality is look i have the buyer i i'm the one that's going to save you from this 22 month of problem because the person who owned the home, he had funds that were running out. He was running out of cash. You know, and, and we did understand that that actually was, that it's kind of common knowledge because this uh, gentleman who built the home, he lived in the home yep. and he only lived in the home because he couldn't afford to go rent something else. Yeah. They actually had to sell their, uh, their house, you know? So he actually had to sell his regular residence, move into the home that he had just built, which is the one that our buyer wants. And, and so we knew all this information. And so we're like, why are you continually to present well, no. yourself? Can I interrupt? We only need, knew that information because you uncovered it. Well, that's because I work for the FBI. You, Jenny, Jenny is so sleuth. She's unbelievable. She went and found out that they sold the house they were living in. Yeah. Had to move into it. Now they're running out of cash. He mm-hmm. can't go do another project. Well, what we had found out was originally those two lots were one. And it was the builder's wife's grandma's house. And that it was this cute little cottage at the sea. (laughs) I could just imagine, you know, when it was built in 1940, it was like an ice uh, an ice plant embankment and yeah. it had like a rolling green grass and was, a little one story, probably two pa- bedroom cottage painted dove blue. Yeah. You know, <laughs> super sweet shutters on the, the sailboat cutouts, you know, a, a flagpole probably, you yeah. know, hoisted, you know, yeah. a flag and, you know, a little a, roses off to one yeah, side. Like, I mean, I could just picture what this thing looked B- like. Blacktop driveway. And his wife, grew up there that was her she grew up going there yeah that was her getaway she went to go visit grandma there yeah and they played at the sea and they collected shells and they just had the raddest time and her (laughs) life is filled with (laughs) memories of this house yeah and now she marries her husband his only goal was (laughs) had that thing leveled to the ground subdivided into two units and he built out these homes broke their bank 
crushed her memories, and now they're living there, <laughs> desperate to find a buyer. They've been waiting for 22 months. We also know that they're on the verge of getting divorced over this entire catastrophe. How, we found that out too. And our effing real, our, our, and, and that fucking realtor on the other side yeah. is acting like he's the BMOC. Yeah. And what's so rad about this is he doesn't know that we know all of this. Any of this. Yeah. And that fucker, <laughs> he's like, no, okay, I oh, no, go ahead. You're like, okay, so we have an offer. We're going to we want to send it we want to get it to you and he's all just fax it. And you're like, no, 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 no. We're meeting. No, we're meeting in person because you're going to put all of this on the table. Yeah. And so we show up to their office and literally you could hear a pin drop. Everybody in their cubicles slid their chairs out and they're like looking at us and we're like, hmm, I'll take one of those waters and one of your pins. And, uh, <laughs> and a mint. And a mint. And uh, can I get a coffee? Can I get a latte? <laughs> and we go back into this uh, glass office and we sit down. And he says, he's still trying to play BMOC. Yeah, and, he didn't come out right away. And we had to sit there. Yeah. And we felt like the room was mic'd. And so we were just saying we like just, a bunch of shit. You we know, did. Like, we, were, we were like paranoid. Right. And this was way before all that. It was probably even. Uh, so we didn't say a word. And he finally comes out and I said, uh, listen, BMOC, we have a solid offer. It's a one-time offer and it's based on quite a few things. Mm -hmm. So we, we threw the offer on the table after kind of, kind of bitch slapping the guy, you know, I literally <laughs> took my, I took my, my driving gloves off and I went kush, 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 like inspector Clouseau, <laughs> you know, and, uh, we walked out of there and we were just like, yeah, that was rad. Yeah. We we're so proud of ourselves, you know, yeah. well, because we fought for our client. We fought so freaking hard. You it know, it was do or die. Like, you know, we, we, we went there and, and we put oh it in God. his face. And, and Mr. Big doesn't know half the stories, like the, how hard it was. The fight for that flipping house was brutal. Yeah. And so we leave and it wasn't two hours later. They called and said, fine. My clients accepted the offer. Yeah, that was awesome. And we're like, bitching. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll bring the check over. <laughs> <laughs> we opened escrow and 29 days later, not even 30 days, man, 29 days later, we, we, we met Mr. and Mrs. Big and we gave them the keys. What an awesome experience. That was like literally suiting up for your first day and getting to play in the World Series. And it was an amazing experience. And I really feel like that do or die mentality got us through. Yeah. And and a lot of you listeners out there, you people have it in you. Mm -hmm. Just don't be lazy. Mm -hmm. So what you what you just learned about going to the counter, go to the counter. Yeah. Pull the file on that house. Yeah. From, from the building department. When it's do or when it's do or die, you know, in closing this this episode, um, I don't know, man. I just, I wouldn't have done anything different. Well, I mean, and, and having your back up against the wall and feeling like it's do or die you, to, to know that you want to succeed more than you want to breathe. It really does sharpen your mind to start thinking about how you're going to win this game because yeah. you're like, there's no way I'm not going to win this. Well, and you're really good reminding me it was never about us. Mm -hmm. It was never about us. I mean, we knew if we closed ASCO, we'd get a paycheck. That was a given. That's just, you know, by law, you're getting flipping paid. Mm -hmm. 
it wasn't about that, man. It was about like, this is our team. Mm-hmm. We're on this, we're on Mr. Big's team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're not going to let them down. Hell no. Right. Hell no. Because you just can't. And that was fun. And once, once we went to war with BMOC and the liar, yeah. it, it was game on. It was game on. Cause you're, you're so gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> you're so gnarly. And well, once so are you, well, once you rev me up, I, I just, I'm, I can get out of control real fast. Yeah. So it's not a bad thing to have your back up against the wall. It's, it's, it's not, it's a great thing. Ha- having that as your, your, <clears throat> your motivation I, it serves you well. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I forget the kid's name. He's a top pro golfer right now. He's a big Asian kid. He's a he's a chubby dude, and he tells the story of, uh, you know, he he went and bought a Ferrari, and he put the minimum down five thousand, and um, he had to come back in thirty days and pay it off in full, or they gonna, mm-hmm. they were going to take the car back and, and lose his refund. And um, his dad said, "Dude, what are you doing?" He goes, "I'm creating pressure." <laughs> <laughs> I'm creating pressure. And he got his, he got like his first win check and he went straight to the dealer and paid off and he came home and his mom's like, so proud of you. Now where's the check? And he's like, oh no, I gave it all to the, <laughs> to the dealer. I need more pressure. And she's like, you didn't keep 10%. He goes, oh no, I need more pressure. Oh, yeah. And it's so cute the way he tells it. Cause he's like, well, that, that's true. And that's what we're saying here. You know, don't shy away from the difficult you know, it's the difficult things in life that really keep your focus. Yeah. You know, they really keep you sharp. And I'm just, I'm glad it turned out well. I'm, I'm glad we're able to tell the story. And yeah. hopefully that somebody can glean some bit of, you know, um, learning from it. And and that's all we really want to do here on this podcast is, is tell people the things that we've gone through, give them a little bit about what our perspective and philosophy is, and that they can take that and say, yeah, I can apply that. Yeah. You know, I, I, when I get pissed off when that happens, I give up. Don't give up. No. When you get pissed, yeah, get, get, get focused. Stay focused. Yeah. Sharpen your sword. Yeah. So that concludes episode three of Agent to Agent podcast. This one went a little longer. I'm sorry. We kind of promised we would try to keep them at 30 minutes. This was a lot of a lot of, uh, a lot of nuggets in this one. And uh, coming up, Jenny, on episode four, what do, you, what do you think we'll be talking about? You know, I'd love to talk about coaching in episode four. Uh, yeah. Uh, coaching is a big part of the real estate industry. And what I think we learned about coaching is that not everybody is cut out to be a coach. Uh, yeah, I agree. And if, if you're a coach and you're out there listening to this, um, don't make it about you. Keep your little stories about your successes to a minimum, man. People's time is valuable. And if you can't be super enthusiastic and be that person's biggest cheerleader, you ain't no coach. You're my biggest cheerleader. You're one, you're, you're actually my biggest cheerleader. Like Isn't you, that great? You pump me up to heights I've, you know, I've never been able to reach before. Uh, it's always so fun to sit here and listen to all your stories and perspective. And God. I mean, I, I learn something every day from you. So I, I, I think it's great. What'd I, you learn today? Well, what I learned today is, well, okay, other than do or die, what I always gravitate towards is people aren't always cut out what they seem to be. Yeah. And, you know, when you, when you learn the guy who's being the most difficult it really is his nlp that he's hiding behind yeah and and he's scared of his own shadow yep. you know i mean there's so many people playing game in this world that have really no game and 
when you're in a business like real estate where you're selling $4 million worth of property and there's a lot at stake. It isn't like an, an error is just easily forgiven. These are life-changing decisions that people are making. And when you realize that you've got somebody who's just being a, a fake and they're presenting you with all this bravado, man, take that opportunity to ignore it, right? Take that opportunity to look past that bravado and and overcome it. Don't let them crush you. Don't let them minimize you. Don't let them play you. You know, don't let somebody make you feel inferior or right. Do you feel that way? Yeah. That's why I never meet my idols. Never meet your idols. Yeah. Because it's, 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 it's devastating. I'll be sorely disappointed. Exactly. Yeah. And here's BMOC who we're just thinking we're going to be so happy to be doing business with him. He ends up being a total jerk. And you know, it's like, uh, yeah, what I love about that is it reminds me that he's just a person. Yep. Puts you his know? pants on one leg at a time, just like me. Mm-hmm. He's not going to intimidate right. me. We, we, we actually, we actually kind of thought like, oh, wow, we get to do business with that mind, body, soul, namaste company. Mm-hmm. And how fun will that be? Right. And, and maybe they'll like, and we're like, oh, yeah, there's nothing. <sighs> they got nothing on you, baby. Nothing on you, baby. Thank you. Okay. So come <laughs> back for uh, episode four. You can find us on Spotify, uh, iTunes. We have a little uh, Instagram page that we're developing on agent to agent and uh, we're having fun. This is great. We really appreciate everybody yeah. who's listened. And, you know, if you like this podcast, um, turning your friends onto it and, uh, go on to Spotify and hit that follow button. Mm-hmm. Cause then you'll know when the next episode comes out, we're going to try to do three or four a week for a while. Yeah. Cause we, we got some time right now. <laughs> we're, we're, we're waiting on some escrows to close. So we got some time and, uh, that's why we're putting this stuff out. We're, we're just not going to sit still. That's it. Okay. Well, we'll catch you next time. Okay. Take care, y'all. All right. Bye.